Thank you for joining us for the Ravenswood Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor Dustin Moore. We are a Bible-believing, grace-driven church located on the north side of Chicago. As a church, we are passionate about making disciples of all people for the glory of God. If you would like more information about our ministry, visit ravenswoodbaptist.org. Now, here's Pastor Dustin. As you find your place in Philippians 3, Today, as we look at the power of his resurrection. Many years ago, a pastor was on a trip, and he was in the country of, of Italy. And there, on that trip, he came across a grave. It was a fascinating, a fascinating sight for this minister for several reasons. First off, over this man's grave... The minister noticed a huge stone slab. After further examination, there was strong evidence, strong evidence at this grave that this deceased man from centuries before was passionately against Christianity. Not just passionately against Christianity, he was afraid of it. He was afraid of it. And being afraid, the man had this massive stone slab put over his grave so he would not have to be raised from the dead just in case there was an actual resurrection from the dead. In fact, the other unmistakable picture that this man was against Christianity was that he had insignias put all over this large slab saying things like this, I do not want to be raised from the dead. I do not believe in the resurrection of the dead. The irony about all of this that the minister had come to realize was that at some point when this man was being buried, an acorn had fallen down into the hole, into the grave. So now, a couple hundred years later, that acorn had grown up through the middle of that stone slab and now standing over this man's grave, this broken up slab, was now a towering oak tree. The minister, like any good pastor, didn't miss the opportunity to share the miracle of the resurrection. When he said this, he said, if a small acorn has the biological power and the biological life in it, to grow this large oak tree and split this stone slab, then what can the acorn of Christ's resurrection power do in a person's life? And that, my friends, is why we're here today. We're here today because the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is real. And it's available. We don't just gather today to celebrate an event. Now, we do recognize that this event is a big deal. It's a very big deal. But the event of the resurrection of Jesus, a carpenter from Nazareth, the Son of God, the event is evidence of the power of the resurrection and the verification that Jesus Christ is the Son of God with power. Today, Easter Sunday, we gather to 
be reminded of the event, but also to apply to our lives the power that is accessible to every person. Every person has access to the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now stay with me for a moment because you might be questioning that. You see, the historical moment of the resurrection of Jesus is the greatest moment in human history. It's the greatest moment in human history. And the power that raised Christ from the dead is available to all people today, to you, to me, regardless of any possible disqualifier. 30 years after the resurrection, there was a man named Paul who wrote these words today, humanly speaking, that we find in Philippians chapter 3. He said this, speaking of Jesus, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Now I need you to remember the guy in Italy that was buried several centuries before who hated Christianity. There may not have been another man who hated Christianity as much as this guy who wrote Philippians 3. Before he became an apostle, this guy hated Christianity. He hated Christ followers. In fact, he hated it so much, hated Christ followers so much that he that he actually stood by and watched as one of the first deacons of the church was stoned. This man, Paul, who wrote these words that we read, gave eyewitness testimony to the stoning of another Christian. He was a faithful Jew. He describes himself in Philippians chapter 3 as, as that. He was Jew from birth. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. He was... Born to a Hebrew family, he had maintained Hebrew tradition, he had maintained Hebrew language, he became a Pharisee, which is a hardline fundamentalist group of the Jews who had their own expectations to the law of Moses. He was zealous, so zealous that he was a part of murdering another human being who was a Christian. But what happened to the murderous Jewish Pharisee that had participated in the stoning of Stephen And now from this point, something incredible happened. What was it? Well, one day as this man, Paul, who is then known as Saul, was on his way to the city of Damascus. He was on a road. There, according to his own testimony and the eyewitness testimony of others, he came in contact with the risen Christ. God, through the appearance there and of the resurrected Christ began to do a work in this Jewish man's heart that, man, he could never fully explain. But God saved him. He saved him from eternal damnation, called him to be an apostle to the Gentiles. And from for the rest of Paul's life, I mean, Philippians is written 30 years after that moment. For 30 years, even to this point, he is still saying, I have a passion to know Jesus. I have a passion to know the the power of His resurrection. I have a passion to know the fellowship of His sufferings. I have a passion to know 
what it means to be conformed to his death. What Paul says here is, I, I want to move past just knowing him mentally, and I want to move to experiencing Jesus. Experiencing Jesus. He said here in the text that he wanted to, to know, to experience the power of his resurrection. Now the truth is, Paul already knew about the historical reality of the resurrection. Paul had been alive when Jesus had been raised. He had heard about it from other Jewish leaders. He had seen the Christians begin to preach the gospel and proclaim that Christ had risen from the grave. He knew about the event that we call Easter. But that's not what Paul's talking about here. He's talking not just about the event, but he's talking about what it means to truly experience the resurrection. He believed in the fact of the resurrection. I ask you this morning, do you? Do you believe that there was a, a man named Jesus who was from the city of Nazareth, who was a carpenter, who claimed to be the Son of God, who died, claiming to be sinless, died in our place, he was buried, he rose again three days later? Do you believe in that historical reality? Because I'll tell you, people died throughout the centuries giving claim to that fact. But I want to ask you another question. Not just have, do you believe in the historical fact of the resurrection, but do you know that you have experienced the power of the resurrection in your life? Let me tell you something. If all you do is believe in the fact of the resurrection, if you simply believe that the event happened, but you stop right there, the reality of that is you will have religion with no power. If all you believe is that a historical moment happened 2,000 years ago where the Son of God came out of the grave, and all you believe is that the event happened, you will have religion with no power. But Paul says this, that we can know, that we can know the power of His resurrection. We can move from knowing that the event happened to experiencing the power of the resurrection in our life today. And that is, that is what every person needs to experience in their life. To be a Christian, to be a Christian is not just to agree that the event happened. To be a Christian is to receive of the new resurrection life that is available because of Easter. The claims of Christianity are bold. They're bold. They are bold in telling you that the event happened. But the, but the, the scriptures are also bold in saying that what happened through Christ on the first Easter morning is available to happen in the life of every person. It's a bold claim. But this is the power of Easter. It's the power of Easter. Albert Barnes said, there is, no, there is no one truth that will have greater power over us when properly believed than the truth that Christ has risen from the dead. There is no one truth that is of more 
significance and more power in our lives than the truth that Christ has risen from the dead. So in this passage, Paul gives three ways that we can experience resurrection power. I want to tell you about it this morning. First off, I want you to see that Paul says there's power to new life. There's power to new life. The resurrection of Christ when experience gives, listen very carefully, new, eternal life to the one who believes. The resurrection of Christ when experienced gives new eternal life to a believer. Can I just tell you, religion can't do that. The Apostle Paul, as I mentioned, he had all the religion one could have. He had all the religion one could have. He had been faithful since a young child to be faithful to the Jewish faith. And he came to the conclusion that none of this, no religion, can save. Can't save. Religion is powerless to save. In fact, in Philippians 3 and verse 7, notice some of the things he says. He said, but what things were gained to me. Talking about his life, his faith, what things were gained to me, that which I received, those I accounted loss for Christ. I had gained, but I was losing. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, in Christ, be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God, by faith. Now let me explain to you quickly what Paul said here. He said, listen, I had all the religion. I had the upbringing. I had the status in the Jewish world. And even in the secular world, I had all the education. But it was all lost because it kept me from winning in Christ. And he says, but by faith in the righteousness of Jesus Christ... I received what it means to truly win. I received new life. You see, by Jesus Christ's sinless life, by his death on the cross, and his victory over the grave, salvation is possible to anyone who places their faith in him. By his life and his death and victory over the grave. You see, Resurrection power is seen in this. And this is where the power of the resurrection is available to all people. Because the resurrection claims and gives, gives evidence that there's power that Christ can move us from one place, from one state to the other. And here's what Scripture says. That Christ has the power to take us from being spiritually dead and to make us spiritually alive. Paul wrote to the church at the city of Ephesus, and he said these words, And you hath he quickened. Simply a word that means you, he made you alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. That Jesus took people that were dead spiritually because of sin, and he made them alive by his resurrection power. You see, salvation is this. That we need, all of us need, me included, especially me this morning, needed to be saved from sin. Because sin affects our standing before God. It, it, it marks me as guilty. It sets me apart for God's judgment and his condemnation. And so Paul said, in that sense, every person was dead in sin. Spiritually dead. No spiritual life in us. Not only were we dead in sin, but now we are inexcusably guilty. And honestly, in our deadness before God, 
we're helpless in our own power. We're helpless in our own works. We're helpless in our own religious activity. There's no saving power in any one of us. But Paul gives the good news of the Christian gospel. In Ephesians chapter 2, he continues in verse number 4, he said, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, even when, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. Well, listen very carefully. Paul says here that God is rich in mercy. It means he never runs out. His love is deep. And when you and me, when we were dead in sins, when we were guilty before God as sinners, which every one of us at some point in our life has been, that God offered to make us alive. How? The same power that brought Jesus out of the grave is given to a lost person who confesses their sin and comes to Christ in faith. You see, you can experience resurrection power today. The power that can take you from being dead in sin, guilty before God, to now being saved, delivered, free. But the truth is this, listen. On this Easter Sunday, i got to tell you, if Christ is not raised, there is no new life. If Christ is not raised, we should all just functionally be materialists who just live our life saying when we die, that's the end. And life in that sense would have no meaning other than what you can conjure up inside of you. But if Christ is raised, then there is a hope for every one of us. That we don't have to die in our sins. That we can be given new life in Jesus. That's the gospel. How did Paul receive this new life? How did he receive this new life? It wasn't by more religious activity. I know you're sitting here thinking, well, I came to church today. (laughs) I was kind of hoping something good would come out of that. How do we come to Christ? How do we receive salvation? We come to Christ in faith. Paul said by faith. In the righteousness of God. Faith in the resurrected Savior. And Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Here, listen to me. If there was no resurrection, then faith is useless. Faith is useless. If there's no resurrection, then How in the world would anybody ever have the sins they've committed? How would they ever receive judgment? Well, because Christ in the opposite is actually what the gospel says. Because Christ has been raised from the dead. The opposite is now true. Now we can be saved, as Paul said there in Ephesians 2. We can be saved by God's grace in Jesus Christ. That God looked down at you and said, you didn't deserve this. You don't deserve salvation. I don't deserve salvation. I was God's enemy. You were God's enemy. But God has given us grace. That means God gave us what we don't deserve in Jesus. And so I ask you this morning, have you come to the power of the resurrection to find salvation in Jesus? Have you come to Christ this morning in faith? If not, today is the perfect day to place your faith in Christ. It's the perfect day. You don't have to leave here today dead in sin. 
You don't have to leave here today guilty before God. You can actually leave with your sins forgiven and new resurrection life in you. Secondly, Paul says this, and I'll be quick. He says not only is there power to new life, but there's also power to a new view. It's a new view. So when Paul says this, he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. He's basically saying the resurrection and all of this gives us a new view on life. Gives us a totally different view of life. Have you ever met anybody who, who was so religious? I mean, they talked about God all the time. They talked about the Bible all the time. They talked about Jesus, and you wondered if they lived with their head up in heaven and the rest of their body kind of dangling on earth, right? We used to say they're so heavenly-minded, they're no earthly good. You ever met somebody like that? That's not what Paul's talking about. Maybe you're sitting here going, well, if I, if I experience Christianity, maybe we'll become a little bit weird. Listen, truth is we're all kind of weird. A few of you agree, thank you. We're all kind of weird in our own way. But here's the truth of this. Paul says, the resurrection enables me to begin to see everything in life through that. You know, about a year ago, um, before I turned 40, I started struggling to see distance. And I got new glasses, and I didn't come to church, and I didn't start talking about my glasses and telling you, the more I talk about my glasses, maybe my eyesight will will be helped. No, what happens is, when I put my glasses on, I begin to see everything through these glasses. You that I, could, I, could, I couldn't see, now I see you really well. The, the truth was, there was no power in just talking about my glasses, showing you my glasses, putting them here, putting them in my car on the dash. No, I had to put them on because the moment I put them on, I began to see everything the right way. When you come to resurrection power, when you begin to experience the power of his resurrection, Paul says, you begin to see everything in life through those lens. Through that lens right there. Everything. Paul says, I want to know the power of his resurrection. And so he, in doing so, in changing his view, Paul is saying, I want to go from just knowing him and knowing about him to the resurrection power means now I can resemble him. When I was a kid, I grew up in Northwest Indiana, so I grew up, I'm a child of the 80s. And so in the 90s, I was a young teenager and growing up, and that was when the bulls, were who the bulls, I always will think the bulls are, but they're not anymore. There's a commercial on TV that we used to watch it over and over again. How many of you remember this commercial? I mean, when I was a kid, we had a park down the street. We'd go to the park, we'd have our Gatorade, and we thought that we were going to be like Mike. We thought, I'm going to be like Mike. I'm drinking Gatorade like Mike. I even had Wheaties this morning, like Mike. I'd get the basketball in my hand, I'd dribble the basketball, I'd stick my tongue out like Mike. I'd put my my Jordan jersey on, like Mike. But you know what? I was never like Mike. (laughs) And if I was, I wouldn't be standing here today. This was plan B. Plan A was to be at the United Center. But in all seriousness, I could never be like Mike. Now, to be honest with you, that commercial motivated a lot of kids, inspired a lot of people. But you know what that commercial had no power to do? To help anyone be like Mike. But the resurrection. 
The resurrection is different. The resurrection doesn't just inspire and motivate. The resurrection actually and the power of his resurrection actually enables you and me to resemble Jesus. So the, the movement of the power of his resurrection is first that it takes, it takes lost, dead sinners and it makes them alive to God. It saves them from eternal judgment. The second movement is inside of a Christian. It's the resurrection that causes you, and the power of the resurrection causes you, to begin to resemble Jesus. We're not just here today to talk about an event, although that event matters. But the power of that caused that event, hear me, lives inside every Christian. It lives inside every Christian. If I mean, honestly, if it didn't, how would you deal with your sin today? How would you deal with your pride? How would you deal with your anger? How would you deal with your unforgiving attitude? How would you deal with, with how would we deal with our harsh words and our condescension and our judgmentalism? How do we deal with these issues? The truth is, we can deal with them and we can, we can see them die in our life because of the power of the resurrection. Works in us because the same, hear me, the same powerful spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in Christians. This is why Easter doesn't stop when today ends. Easter lives on in the lives of every Christian as they go into this world and they begin to resemble Jesus. You can give, you give testimony tomorrow morning to Easter being true by how Christ changes you. That's the promise of the scripture. That's why Paul said, I want to know the power of his resurrection. There's a third aspect to that power as I finish today, and that's this. It's the power to a new body. I know every one of you just got happy. I, I'm claiming the long flowing hair, all right? The new body. Power to a new body. It doesn't seem to make sense. Listen very carefully. If we're not careful, we make Easter stop right there. I've already told you the power of the resurrection can change an unbeliever and bring him to Christ. The power of the resurrection takes a believer and causes that believer to change and mold to be like Christ. But thirdly, the power of the resurrection is also a future reality. Paul said in verse 11, he said this, of, of, of Philippians chapter 3 said, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Now, this doesn't seem to make sense to a lot of us. Because unless you've been in church any amount of time, you probably don't understand what that means. Here's what Paul is saying. Because of Christ's resurrection, because of that first Easter morning, Christians are promised that as Christ was raised from the grave, so will so will they. And that's why as Christians, we know that death is not the end. It's just the beginning. I was thinking through this week in our church. We've got little children in our church this morning. And parents of those children who are experiencing Easter for the first time with their little baby. The joy of that moment. Do you know on the other side of that, there's people in this church who have been here, dozens who have been in this church for the last few hours, who in the last few years 
have said goodbye to people they love. Do you know what the Christian gospel promises? Hear me. Would you at least just hear me on this? The Christian gospel promises this, that because Christ lived, sin will cease. Because Christ died in our place, because Christ was buried and rose again, that one day all who place their faith in Jesus, when, God, when, when Jesus returns, that they will be resurrected out of the grave. You say, how is that going to happen? It's a great mystery. It's a great, incredible uh, hope and promise of the Christian. It's beyond my human description today that God will raise us from the grave. That the grave will, as it could not hold Christ's body, it will not hold ours. And the promise is that we will receive a new body. Now that makes me happy. I was thinking this week, what's that new body going to look like? I told you, long flowing hair. I don't, you know, my charming looks and all that. I'm just kidding. But the truth is, 1 Corinthians 15 says, it's going to be a new body as Christ pleases to give us. As Christ pleases to give us. Now listen very carefully. But here's the other side of that. I want you to miss this. The truth is, it's not just Christians who will experience a resurrection. The Gospel of John chapter 5 tells us that there's a resurrection to life for believers. And for those who have rejected Jesus, there's a resurrection to damnation. You say, but that, that's really harsh. It was never prepared for you. It wasn't how God intended it. It was never in God's plan for that to be necessary. But because of sin, and because of our rejection of Jesus, all who reject Christ will have a resurrection of their body that will bring them before God and they will receive the judgment and punishment for their sin. And here's the truth, friends. I stand here to tell you on the authority of God's word, not my authority, but on the authority of God's word, that God's word says, you don't have to experience that judgment. You know why that is? Because Jesus took it for you. He took it for you. He took your judgment, that the sin that you should have paid for, Jesus took all of that on the cross. He died the death that we deserve to die because of our sin. He was buried and he was raised again. To what? To life everlasting. And you know what he promises to all who believe? All who place their faith in Christ? He promises to us everlasting life. That's the promise. You say, well that's just too impossible for me to believe. I told you at the beginning of the service, the moment you get to that place, that's exactly where God wants you. Because if it was something we could comprehend, you would never need faith. You'd never need faith. The promise of the Bible is that those who come to the resurrected Christ in faith experience new, everlasting, resurrection life. And my desire for you this morning is not just that you gather and celebrate an event with us. Trust me, we're celebrating the event, but that's not the full picture. My prayer for you is that if you've never experienced 
the saving power of Jesus, that today you will. That today you will. If you're here this morning, if you're here and you've never experienced that saving power, my encouragement to you is please don't leave without knowing Christ as your Savior. I'll be here. I'll be available. I'd be honored to talk to you about the gospel. If Jesus Christ did not come out of the grave, then we are wasting our time. Millions of people have been fooled, and thousands of people have died in vain. But if Jesus did come out of the grave, then we must take everything he said very seriously. And what did he say? He said, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Resurrection power is available to everybody. Resurrection power is not a thing. It's not a force. Resurrection power is a person. It's Jesus. And he wants to change your life. He wants to. Will you let him? Christian, Easter doesn't stop when we leave church today. No, 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 no. The power of the resurrected Christ lives in us, and he is molding us to resemble him to the whole world. And if you think the world's going to love you when you start resembling Jesus, let me remind you, they killed him. They won't love you when you resemble Jesus. Paul said you'll enjoy his, the fellowship of his suffering. You'll, in, you'll, you'll come to understand what it truly means to walk in Christ. I want to encourage the members of Ravenswood Baptist Church on this Easter Sunday, let's take the power of the resurrection with us. Let's take it with us to our homes, to work, wherever we go this week. May people see us resembling Jesus. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as Savior, as I said, I'm available. I'd love to talk with you. Would you pray with me? Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at ravenswoodbaptist.org. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media ministry and outreach ministry of Ravenswood, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Chicago and around the world.